Have you heard about a man called Ab Iwerks? Probably not. And that's a shame, because Iwerks was what you call a legend in our industry. Most of his career he worked for Disney. They had met already in 1919, and it was actually Iwerks who designed Mickey Mouse. That's something, isn't it? Designing Mickey Mouse. But the reason I'm rambling about Up Iwerks is not because he created all those amazing cartoons, uh, it's because he was also an inventor and one of the pioneers of VFX. And one of those techniques that he came up with came in handy when a certain Alfred Hitchcock was planning to do a film called The Birds in the early 1960s. To create the scenes with all those birds attacking poor Tippi Hedren in Bodega Bay, they used plenty of real trained birds. And a bunch of mechanical birds as well, but also visual effects, created by Up Iwerks. In particular, a matte technique called sodium vapor process, or yellow screen, to shoot separate elements to be composited into the shots. Very analog, long before computers. So, will this episode of Yellow Brick Road be about Hitchcock? Uh, no. Will it be about UBI works? Uh, well, no. But there will be birds. And some other visual effects as well. But instead of the 1960s Bodega Bay, we're going to go back in time to the late 1800s and the foggy, mysterious London that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle showed us in his Sherlock Holmes stories. In those stories, he introduced a band of street kids that were Dr. Watson's eyes and ears on the street. They were called the Irregulars, and that's also the name of a new series on Netflix. And Goodbye Kansas Studios delivered some of the VFX for that series, including plenty of birds. That was why I was rambling about Iwerks and Hitchcock. But enough of this. Let's kick off this episode. Because today, the yellow brick road leads to the Irregulars. Hello everybody, I'm Nils Lagergren and this is Yellowbrick Road, once again your friendly little podcast about movies, games and VFX. And yes, today we're going to dive down into the late 19th century London, the classic dark misty world of Sherlock Holmes, but with a fresh new spin and plenty of VFX, Netflix's drama series The Irregulars. The demon walks amongst us. So long as we can fight, we fight. So if we don't find the rip and close it, we're doomed. Goodbye Kansas Studios in Stockholm and London work together on this show, so it's only natural that we have guests from both London and Stockholm here today. From Goodbye Kansas UK, VFX supervisor Jim Parsons, and from Goodbye Kansas in Stockholm, FX supervisor Philip Orby and animation supervisor Staffan Linder. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you today? Good. Fine. <laughs> Happy to hear that. Uh, all of you three ha- have been on, on the Yellow Brick Road before, so hopefully our listeners already know who you are. But, but if they have forgotten, how would you describe yourself in just one sentence? Jim, let's start with you. 
Well, uh, well, obviously I'm the uh, London v- London VFX supervisor, but uh, a year ago yesterday uh, I had a baby uh, was born, uh-huh. so I, right in the middle of COVID. So I would best describe myself as very, very tired at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Philip. Yeah, um, on th- on this show in Stockholm, I was the city supervisor and also FX supervisor. Did a lot of FX. And I had no baby, uh, so I'm not that tired. Uh, but it was uh, we we started the show before COVID, and then in the middle it was COVID, and then we had to do it from home. Hmm. So it was interesting. And you, Stefan? Yeah, I was uh, animation supervisor on this show uh, with uh, all, sort of combining all the knowledge of the birds that we'd been doing <laughs> previously <laughs> and uh, try to boil it down to what we needed for this show. And But uh, in one sentence, who am I? Uh, I'm... Um, uh, that's so hard. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> <laughs> a horror Pro- buff, yeah, a film buff, f- film buff, uh, creative spirit uh, fanboy. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> Perfect. So, as I mentioned in the intro, the Irregulars is a sort of spin-off to the Sherlock Holmes adventures, uh, and uh, the Irregulars are that team of street kids uh, that act as Doctor Watson's eyes and ears on the street. Uh, had had you heard about them before you got in contact with this project? Mm, well, no, not really. I hadn't read Sherlock Holmes uh, growing up, so uh, I just watched the, the the films and so on, and didn't really know about the regulars. But uh, of course, I read up on it and uh, realized that there were actually street kids uh, that that he had as helpers uh, in a few novels. So mm-hmm. yeah. What about you, Jim? Had you heard about them? Uh, well, I mean, I uh, I hadn't seen that. Uh, I hadn't read um, the books either. Uh, but I, I, when I was a kid, we used to have uh, the old Basil Rathbone movies on TV uh-huh. a lot. Uh, he did about I don't know twenty of them or something like that. A lot of them. They started off very sticking to the books. By the end, he was fighting Nazis, which I surely weren't around <laughs> in Victorian London. Um, and, and I think the regulars popped up a little bit in that, so I was aware of them. But they, you know, that kind of they were kind of the first of the kind of kids helping out type thing, which kind of followed on like, like with the dead end kids with in the kind of 1930s gangster movies. And then you mm. could say like the Goonies and even Stranger Things is a kind of follow on from like, so the regulars are the original really. Yeah. Even though they only popped up in a couple of the books, I think. So. Yeah. And Philip, had you heard of them? No, this is the first I'm hearing of this. I thought this was an invention for Netflix. It feels very <laughs> Netflixy to have kids in a, in a older kind of like well-known story mm. but uh, yeah okay i guess they have uh, been around actually there's also an organization called the irregulars uh, which is like a fan organization about the the world of Sherlock Holmes oh. that's been around for like since the early 1900s i think I, i read a really big thick book about all the Sherlock Holmes lore and everything cool so uh Before we dive down into the nitty-gritty of the production, let's start with some basic facts. The series was produced by Drama Republic for Netflix, and the overall VFX supervisor was Richard Briscoe. And as I just mentioned, Goodbye Kansas teams from Stockholm and London worked on the show. In Sweden, Joel Lindemann was VFX supervisor, and in London, you, Jim. Uh, so, so, Jim, how, how did you get in contact with the project? 
Uh, well, uh, the stock camera had already been working on it for a bit when we were involved, and we were more uh, concerned with the kind of smaller little scattershot effects and stuff uh, around the show. Um, I'd worked with Richard before on Outlander seasons three and four, um, mm. so so I, I did know him already. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was you know logical that London would be able to help out with some of the extra stuff. Um, I am not sure whether they needed to have a bit of London anyway, because you know. It's Sherlock Holmes set in London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how was the production split between London and Stockholm? Um, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Uh, well, we uh, we certainly did a lot more of things like the kind of clean up and doing uh, makeup effects and stuff like that. A lot of uh, it seems quite a lot of times nowadays that that makeup is done uh, on set and then they decide afterwards that it isn't enough makeup. So, so mm. we ended up doing quite. a variety of that uh certainly more of the uh involved birds and stuff like that is is perfect for stockholm because you're, you're all so good at it yeah good uh, but did deliver vfx for, for several episodes of the first season but but most of them i believe was in the first episode uh, an episode full of aggressive birds it's coming back and unlike the birds of Hitchcock's the birds these birds were digital birds and to understand why all those digital birds were needed we need to talk about the background uh, the story itself so that means spoilers so dear listeners if you still haven't watched the regulars please stop listen now okay spoiler time uh, what's the setup for episode one Stefan well it's about these uh, street kids that uh, happen upon uh, uh, Mr. Watson, who sort of hooks them up and, and uh, try to, for some reason, try to to uh, get help from them uh, and solving uh, a mystery, even though he's not really clear about what he wants and so on. But, <laughs> but uh, it turns out to be something related to birds and babies disappearing. And mm. if if there is a, a correlation between those two events, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a um, very intense episode, I would say. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of that, that's the story, the, the start of the show. So it has to explain the whole thing, the whole setup, and everything, and then mm. and then go on to to sort of tell uh, tell the story of the episode. Your sister has a gift; she can see things normal people cannot. That's the doctor's name. John. John Watson. He knows much more than what he's telling us. Some strange things have been happening recently. So, so how, how did you go about to, to create all those bird shots? Uh, yeah, well, first first off, me and and uh, Joel went to to Manchester to a bird sanctuary and, and watched and filmed especially ravens but uh, certainly all kinds of birds there which was kind of interesting to so to to really get good good reference material but also learn a lot about birds and so on so that that was quite interesting and um and then go back and try to figure out how do we do those those massive flocks of birds which of course philip had a, a great experience of doing before i think Hmm. And uh, and uh, also trying to figure out how we how how much detail we need and so on, which birds will be the hero birds and and so on. Hmm. 
But how many different species of birds did you have to create? I think it was about five different species, ranging from swallows to eagles. In earlier episodes of Yellowbrick Road, we, we, we talked about these kind of simulations, uh, like the locusts of Outlander or the shoal of fish created for the National Museum of Qatar. Uh, in what ways did these bird simulation effects differ from those, Philip? Well, they are uh, pretty similar, actually. Uh, we use basically the same technique for these birds. Uh, it's um, you simulate points uh, with different forces flying around in space and then there are some 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 forces called Boyd forces which uh, mm-hmm. are invented by Mr. Boyd I presume uh, and he uh, and those forces have uh, like they can if they if particles come too close they can uh, move away from each other or they can follow each other and uh, all these kind of behavior forces that you kind of dial in yeah on on top of maybe a general uh, force where you want them to fly so you basically make particles fly in in that way and then on top of that you have to uh, use animation clips loops of animation that uh, Stefan provides uh, and and for each different type of bird so like slow flap uh, quick flap glide uh, stuff like that and then based on how fast these birds move they, they switch into two different types of animation clips and then they kind of loop those clips uh, for for the fly cycle, uh, and then you can add stuff like they should avoid uh, certain objects, etc. So so that's basically the the approach. Uh, mm. Points you manipulate, you add the animation clips on top of them, um, and then you render them. Uh, and, and and it was done in Houdini. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. I mean, you, you, Stefan, you, you worked with birds before, like the conquest of the skies for David Attenborough, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, also, I mean, we did a, I think our first major uh, bird job was back in 2009, where we did uh, big flocks of birds for a, a Dutch children's movie called Eep. Like no, no one remembers, but <laughs> but but it was really interesting, and that was a real trial by fire. I would say we learned a lot back then, um, and uh, been continuing doing birds both in in flock shapes and and in in uh, like uh, hero birds and so on. Hmm. So, do you have a favorite shot from the regulars with the birds? Oh, I, I love the, 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 the back alley shots. I think those are, are fantastic. It's so intense and, and a lot of great combination between uh, effects and, and uh, keyframe animation. So mm. I, for me, that, that's, that's the, the coolest part of the bird sequence. Yeah. I, I like those too. Like the, when they fly in the alley and then they come to the shed and the shed spent quite a bit of time on. So like that sequence... And uh, and another shot which is pretty cool is when they come up to the atrium in the beginning, and you see the birds circling the atrium in like two three shots. Mm. Uh, it's pretty nice uh, how those shots look in. It's in nighttime. Now. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's also it's like, a really nice building. 
I have a weakness for that. Yeah, period. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's nice plate as well. So, but but it's uh, interesting that you mention the the shed because I mean, looking at the original material, that shed is not shredded at all, and uh, it looks completely convincing when you see the final result that it it, it actually barely stands when it's done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they had they had shot the shed, but like it wasn't moving. No. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we had to replace the whole shed basically. Yeah. And uh, and then add birds flying into the shed. The bulging it and picking uh, away uh, uh, wood wood chips uh, I mean, because the the hero characters are kind of hiding in the shed and the birds cannot try and attack them. So yeah. in in such a situation, do you actually then model wood chips? Well, it's uh, we model the basic planks of the shed yeah. based on the on the footage. So it's basically cubes everywhere, right, and different patterns. Uh, but then when it comes to making the wood chips, it's procedural. So you kind of split everything up into smaller splinter-sized pieces. Mm. Uh, and then when the bird kind of comes in contact with that, you kind of release those pieces uh, out out into the scene. Uh, and the whole shed is still uh, bulging at the same time. So so they are they are not hand-modeled, they're, they're small splinters. Mm. Yeah. But, 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 but when you do these things, is it like you set up all the parameters, everything that needs to work, and then you press go and lean back and look at it and hope that it will work? <laughs> is is uh, that how it's done? <laughs> uh, 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 not not exactly uh, uh, in the in the, towards the end a little bit, but uh, then you have tried it uh, on smaller setups with maybe one plank and mm-hmm. you know the the steps along the way because it goes through a, a bit of steps. So then like then the the recipe is done and then you can kind of like add more birds or remove less birds and it should behave as you expect by that point. Mm. So it's uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> So, meanwhile, th- th- these birds were created in Stockholm. You created many other effects in London, uh, Jim, uh, with your team. Let's talk about that healing goo. What is that? Well, I mean, the healing goo in episode six, there's, uh, without getting into too much spoilers or anything, there's uh, uh, definitely uh, an element of Frankenstein's monster going about where um, somebody is stealing body parts to to create uh, what, something. And um, and uh, in order to get the uh, all the body parts to stick together onto w- one body, there's this healing glue, uh, goo, sorry, which is like a mm. a, a, a glue. Um, they, uh, again, they shot um, some stuff uh, for, with the makeup and things like that, but uh, but the goo had to have a kind of living um, kind of uh, organic feel to it. Uh, so then that's what we had to do. However, although uh, we I kind of supervised it. Uh, all the work on this these particular shots was was done by uh, by Philip and uh, and and Daniel Norland as well in in Stockholm, and I just kind of like guided them a little bit. But certainly Philip had uh, it was all over that goo. Hmm. It was sticky. <laughs> Another recurring effect through the series were those tattoos that you mentioned, Jim. Uh, yes. How did you come up with the design for them? Well, uh, we've got uh, again. This was another case of where uh, they, they they weren't entirely happy with. They had done a tattoo on set on on one of the characters, and the, the tattoo is meant to be. Uh, it's a sign that you're a member of the Irregulars. So it's mm. a T and an I, 
but the original design just looked like a blob and it didn't really look very uh, uh, well done or anything. So we had uh, our little art department team led by Raph Morant. Uh, he did lots of research and then developed his own um, tattoos. Now, of course, in Victorian times, tattoos weren't done by amazing tattoo parlours and stuff like that, especially most of them would have been done by sailors and prisoners and uh and and it was generally a kind of a poor kind of thing uh and mm. of course these ones are done by the irregulars to each other so they couldn't it couldn't be too involved but it also had to kind of have that kind of victorian feel to it so he created like a t and an i which kind of interconnected with each other and it was a simple but strong design obviously a lot of the best designs always are simple um and uh, the clients loved them, uh, so we replaced our uh, their tattoos with our our one put onto the onto the characters in shots. Um, they loved them so much that uh, we had well we had to do it again throughout the series on a couple of extra stuff. But they talked about using it also within the kind of like uh, marketing and advertising. I'm not sure if they ever did in the uh -huh. end, but they certainly very happy with the whole with the whole look of it. And so <laughs> were we. Uh, this production was yet another production carried out in the shadow of Corona. You said that, that, that you started working before the pandemic hit. Uh, how, how did the pandemic uh, affect the production? I think, uh, I mean, for, from from my end, uh, being supervising or supervising the the animation, it it wasn't that big of a transition because we had. Uh, we had a pretty good setup uh, in the beginning so that we could uh, could do it uh, off-site fairly quick. And uh, to me, it was like everyone was doing their job and presenting their, their stuff uh, in a similar way as we do in the office. So mm. for me, it, it worked pretty well. It was pretty intense. That, that was the, the corona hit right in the, I would say, in the later part of animation. Uh, so that we had come quite a far bit. We uh, we had a few stragglers left. And of course, being such an intense uh, setup with so many birds and so on, it, it was a challenge. But but I think it, it worked way over expectations anyway. Hmm. And you, Philip? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, you were a little afraid how it's going to be with the communication. But uh, there are some things that are actually easier now like you can jump into uh, Google Meet uh, real fast and don't have to walk around in the office and yeah. like all of that stuff so it's like in and out so some some parts are better but like the over the shoulder stuff you lose completely yeah uh, so there is a lot more chat chatting typing and stuff but uh, now I've been so used to it so I like I can't really remember the struggles in the beginning now it's like normal <laughs> yeah. every day like yeah. this is how it works now so um, I guess it worked out pretty good. Yeah, mm. I do remember that that we had a problem with uh, real time, so that uh, when we reviewed our animations, we couldn't do that uh, on on the on on the ordinary the, the in the VPN uh, sort mm. of world, uh, and that was quite tricky in the beginning. But the, the IT department came through and fixed it, and then, as Philip said. We forgot about the problems and everything just worked. Yeah. And you, Jim? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we went from um, all being in the office in London uh, to all working at home within about a week. 
uh, and it was a bit of a shocker that we managed to get that round so quickly. But it it, it was it was it was pretty amazing how how much we turned it around. And yeah, we're, we're all kind of used to it. Yeah, sure, we lost that over the shoulder thing, but uh, uh, certainly on on my part, uh, I I think it certainly helped working with, with Stockholm a lot better now. Because um, before we'd have to, yeah, like, you know, we'd have to organise having a meeting and chatting and stuff like that. And now it is just so normal, you know, and I've worked with Stefan and uh, Philip also on uh, on another project, Vigil. Um, and, um, you know, it, 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 it's actually been easier, I think, if anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I agree. So good things that came out of the, of the yeah. corona. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, I... I I know that that you will answer. Sorry, I can't talk about it. Please excuse me if I can't talk about it. Uh, but I have to ask: What projects are you involved in right now? S- secret project. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Which one can we talk about? And which Probably can... none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we we could talk about, but th- that that was quite a while ago. But we we finished uh, Carnival Row a while back. Um, that, that's true. That's something that we we are allowed to talk about, and uh, we, we've done a few uh, nice um, cinematics for games that was shown on E three. I don't know really which one we could talk about of those, but but I think some of them has been mentioned. Mm. Mm. All this secrecy. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it's uh, funny. Uh, like right now, I'm actually copying the regular spurt setup to another show where we only will do a seagull, but uh, still, it's, it's going to be reused. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And you, Jim, you, you mentioned Vigil. Yeah, we uh, worked on Vigil, which, which they started shooting before COVID. Then they had to mm. stop in March, and then they started again in that little gap in August to about September and shot the rest of it in a very fast fashion. Um, that's uh, obviously I won't go into too much detail, but it's a it's a a murder mystery set aboard a nuclear submarine. Um, so there's a hell of a lot of submarines involved in it, uh, and uh, that was that was very challenging. Um, but uh, both these guys worked on it as well, and uh, and I think it turned out brilliantly. So. I've seen the trailer. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll come on BBC later this year. Yeah, we, they we never think. tell you when. It's yeah. always just like suddenly no. it's now. And so, <laughs> that. Um, yeah. And since we talked about the irregulars, uh, in the irregulars, the, there's another new Sherlock Holmes. But as my last question, who is the best Sherlock Holmes in the history of Sherlock Holmes? Basil Rathbone. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Basil, Jim. Look out, Watson. Those insects are deadly. What yeah, I'm going to go with Basil as well, to yeah. be honest. I mean, but I think Jeremy Brett is quite good too. He isn't was he? really good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My name is Sherlock Holmes. It is my business to know what other people don't know. I've only seen the Gay Ritual one, so I have to say <laughs> that one. I have no other reference point. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow the world as you know it will end. Well, there isn't any time to waste then. But I think I think this this Sherlock Holmes is pretty interesting uh, in the Irregulars. It's uh, it's sort it's sort of a spin off of of the Robert Downey Jr. character. 
and and a real character <laughs> and, and basically uh, I would say he is uh, not as healthy or smart as the other ones but he's definitely a character yeah. <laughs> oh I, how can I forget uh, Benedict Cumberbatch oh yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean he's brilliant what made you like this oh Watson nothing made me Lots of great actors and lots of great Sherlock Holmes scissors. Do you say that? Sherlock Holmes scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was a pleasure to talk to you about this project. And I hope to chat with you again soon of, on, about other nice projects that we worked on. Many thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. And you out there, thanks for listening. Do mail us if you have questions or suggestions of topics we should discuss. You reach us at podcast.goodbycancers.com. Until next time, goodbye, à bientôt, auf Wiederhören, wie hörsch. Wie